0: So after the past week, I have decided you were right.
1: This is rare. You don't
0: even know what I'm talking about it. No,
1: but the, you never say I'm right about literally anything.
0: <laughs> the boys' stable. Yes. Lawrence Taylor. Yes. I've decided I I will swap him out. Ha <laughs> ha His replacement is Wade Barrett.
1: I will take that. Do
0: you ever who Wade Barrett is? The one that looks like you. Apparently. Yes. I don't see it.
1: He looks so much like you. It's weird. Y'all could be brothers. But good, I'm glad that my argument turned your mind, because Lawrence Taylor's not a fucking boy.
0: It was also the fact of uh, when I was making the drinking game for the Royal Rumble.
1: Which we should talk about, because that was iconic.
0: I was, like, really rooting for Wade Barrett to be in the Rumble, and I'm like, I guess he is one of my boys.
1: <laughs> yeah, you talk about him a lot.
0: Oh, and uh, so yeah, we were recording this. Right after the Royal Rumble Also, welcome to episode 11 of the Butts and the Seas podcast The sold out episode
1: Into the next decade of podcasts That doesn't, yeah, I mean it's not wrong 1 through 10, 11 through 20
0: Oh wow, so we've been going for 11 years
1: Well, a decade doesn't have, does it have to be years? Is it really only in reference to years? Yeah, that's how a
0: decade works
1: I can't, I don't know
0: if, I had a well, okay, if you if I had a thousand dollars, I would say, I have a millennium of dollars.
1: Okay, but we call them millipedes because they have a million legs or a thousand legs or whatever.
0: Yeah, Centipedes uh, have a uh,
1: hundred legs.
0: Yes, because that's based on measurement, like millimeters and milliliters and centimeters.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> then we can still call ten. What What is a ten then?
0: It's, it's desa. It's not decade.
1: The Dessa?
0: It's like decimators. We're into
1: the next Dessa of podcasts.
0: Hello, we're at episode 11. (laughs) Jesus. But yeah, we are recording this quite shortly after the 2021 Royal Rumble. Which
1: which
0: was amazing. Emily does not remember the end of it.
1: I do. We watched it. We watched it the The next next morning. morning. I remember the women's rumble very well.
0: Yes. So I have two notes on the men's rumble. How old is Edge right now?
1: Okay, we talked about this before. Uh, He's what, 46? 47.
0: Ugh. it. And Hulk Hogan on this show will be 45.
1: But, like, if you put those two men side by side, even, like, current day Edge and 1999 Hogan, Hogan looks a decade older. Bringing that back. A decade older.
0: Well, that actually works.
1: I though. know, but still, <laughs> keeping it all in, in loop. Ugh. No, I don't believe. I think Hulk Hogan was born an old man. I don't think he was ever young. Like you showed me pictures of him young, or like at his debut or whatever. He's not young. He is forever an old, crusty man. An edge's daddy. That's the difference.
0: Whatever you say. I just one of those. I laugh at how people are like, "Oh my god, Hogan's so old here." He feels old here. We've talked about how the the age of like the prime of wrestlers has moved, but something I just found kind of funny. Additionally, you seem to laugh any time AJ Styles and almost I think it's almost yeah yeah are on screen because of how large they are.
1: (laughs) Almost, or I think it's almost. Almost, His body got almost yeah. He's just a very large man, and he makes AJ Styles look teeny tiny.
0: So, do you know how Omos debuted on and de- like current WWE TV?
1: I'm gonna guess something stupid.
0: Yes. So, there's another wrestler called Akira Tozawa, okay. who all of a sudden was leading a group of ninjas, and he was this like giant n- ninja.
1: Wait, Omos was an, a giant ninja?
0: Yeah. What? I don't know why. He's not. However, there was once a WW character called Super Giant Ninja. Of course, there was. Do you know what he was before that? A bodyguard. The Yeti! Oh
1: my god!
0: It it took a little bit of, uh, of going around the block there, but we got there. That's our one per wow. episode.
1: You really had to try for that. A little bit. It's supposed to come up organically.
0: No. See. If it comes up organically, it's hilarious. If it comes up <laughs> ex- for incredibly it. <laughs> forced, it's even more hilarious.
1: I don't... I think that's like explaining your jokes.
0: No, it's fine. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I really uh, sold out for that joke, didn't okay, I?
1: Okay, I think we need to cut. I think we're done. That was enough of that. You haven't even started. Yeah, I think I'm done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Take it tomorrow.
1: We're gonna... Try again some other day.
0: Well, much like the tagline for this pay-per-view, there's no turning back.
1: There was a tagline for this (laughs) pay-per-view? Yeah, on the posters.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Sold Out 1999.
1: I assume you're going to play like a theme or something here.
0: Yeah, I don't even remember if there was a theme for this, so I will probably just play the N.W.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: because this is the first year where it's not NWO sold out. I mean, it's not on paper, but... uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would also like to point out, in our build-up to this, whenever we talked about sold out, whether it be on this podcast or in the show or like, when we're watching the show or just you and me together, not on mic, I thought it was S O L D space O U T, sold out, as in like we are sold out of tickets. Yeah, I, it's I, such I, a big show that we are sold out. To my surprise, when we began this watch session, it's S O U L E D out.
0: Yeah. I, huh, why? Huh? I, I don't know. Now, were you more surprised about this or the fact that Starcade had two R's?
1: <sighs> Probably this, honestly. Because sold out and S-O-U-L-E-D out have very different meanings.
0: I honestly don't know why. Like, in kayfabe, why did the NWO name their pay-per-view sold out?
1: That's what I was hoping to get, like, an explanation of. do You don't not, have one?
0: Nope, no, Sorry.
1: Nope. <laughs> yeah, because, like, there's a difference between sold out and sold out, but there's not a difference between Starcade and Star Arcade. Like... They're the same thing. It's just someone being dumb. Star
0: Reginald Cade.
1: (laughs) Star R. Cade. It's like Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs)
0: Star Herbert Walker Cade. (laughs) So sold out January 17th, 1999 from Charleston, West Virginia, with an attendance of 10,833. Now, we've been doing this. We'll see how Emily does. One of these days, I'll go back and look and see how far (laughs) off you've been on all these. How many pay-per-view buys oh, no. did sold out get? Now I'll give you some reference points.
1: Please.
0: Last month, Starcade did four hundred and sixty thousand buys. World mm-hmm. War Three before that did two hundred and fifty thousand. Oh. Sold out last year did three hundred and
1: eighty thousand. I'm gonna like cut the difference and say like three hundred and. Fifteen thousand. Oh, Oh, was I close? Three
0: hundred and thirty thousand.
1: I was gonna say twenty, and I went down to fifteen. Oh, that would have been closer.
0: Yes, they will uh, likely be on the decline going forward. Although next month's Super Brawl, I peaked skyrockets, and I'm like, what?
1: I'm interested to see what they book for it.
0: Yeah, we will uh, have to see going forward. But I think uh, the so it's not the nitro after this but it's the nitro after that is like the last time they ever hit a five when they're going head to head with raw there'll be a couple times where raw goes on later i think they get like a five seven once and even after that i'm not even sure i've kind of been peeking at the uh the ratings i'm trying to not spoil too much for myself about how shit everything's gonna go
1: (laughs) I mean, we've read the fall of WCW, so like we already know how shit everything's gonna become. Yeah, but I feel like
0: you don't remember bits of that. Or we were large listening bits
1: to it, it on audio while I was like working from home. Like we just had it on on the computer. We found like a download of it. But yeah, like I did zone out every once in a while.
0: Yeah, and we have uh, plenty of time until Russo comes back, and Oof. we have to examine in real time whether or not the ratings bump up like he claims they do. Which, I'm doubting it. Which, fun fact, recently in the timeline, Hulk Hogan was saying that ratings were now rebounding and house shows rebounding. He went on some radio show and they're like, why are you back? Why aren't you running for president anymore? And he's like, well, you know, WHW wasn't making money, brother. So I decided to come back and put money in everyone's pockets. And apparently since he's been back, business has actually been down.
1: <laughs> well, I wonder Why?
0: I don't know if it was in that interview or not, but apparently Hulk Hogan is trying to bring someone back onto TV. Oh, God. Who? I wonder if you can guess it. They are currently in WCW. They're off TV right now. Macho Man? No, Macho is currently injured, but he'll be back Uh. eventually. Warrior? You're aiming way too high is the issue. Oh, no.
1: Then I have no idea. Ed
0: Leslie, a.k.a. How the hell would I have
1: guessed Ed Leslie.
0: Because they're best friends for some reason. I
1: don't know who Ed Leslie is.
0: Brutus the Barber Beefcake. The Butcher. Dizzy Golden. Okay, he the Zodiac. has
1: 700 names and I don't remember Ed Leslie being one.
0: That's his, that's his real name. Well. Yes, Hulk Hogan is trying to bring Ed Leslie back. I don't know. You know what? I'm sad he's not because I'm kind of curious what the fuck gimmick they would have had for him.
1: Oh my god. Give him a 24th name. Does he have like 23 names? Is that what the joke was? I don't remember. It's not even a joke. It's it's, It's the facts. His name is like the man with 23 names or 23 gimmicks.
0: I honestly, I don't know what the number is, but I don't think it's far off from 23.
1: That number's in my head. So that's what I'm going with.
0: He is not on Sold Out.
1: That's fine. Enough happened on Sold Out. We don't need Ed Leslie.
0: So let's get into this pay-per-view on that, you know, awe-inspiring note. (laughs) Because we open with a presidential address from Ric Flair.
1: This was weird. Just in like current day and age, like seeing that background, it's like,
0: yeah, it, is weird. it did seem like they were going for like a, well, in the overall presentation of the graphics, I'm like, are you going for like a early 90s kind of look in terms of the quality? Because, you know, Ric Flair all about like tradition.
1: It, I, I don't know about that.
0: Well, I was also reading way too much into this because it's showing him on, like, basically on a TV screen, like, through the camera kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but it was also, like, the angles were tilting. Yeah, and
0: then it's occasionally tilting and, like, getting a little, like, distorted. And I'm like, is this, like, are they trying to do, like, some avant-garde shit and, like, oh, the NWO's presence is still around because... All their stuff would be, you know, Dutch angles and constant Mm. cutting. And I'm like... That
1: would be interesting.
0: I'm like, are they going for
1: that? They're not thinking
0: that hard. You know what? If if the one person from production who was actually going for that ever listens to this, tweeted, we appreciated (laughs) your work.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. The WCW producer from 1999 is definitely listening to this podcast. Yeah, you never
0: know. But Flair's main thing is that he thanks everybody who stayed true to WCW. He doesn't really say much.
1: He just says that they're the strongest wrestling company in the world, and WCW's in control again. You know.
0: Yeah, he he talks a lot without saying anything here. Yeah. But, and then we go to the opening pyro,
1: which looked a little more precarious from the angle that they were showing it at, because like they showed like the top of the um, stadium, like the roof, and like the pyro was really close to the roof from the <laughs> angle. At least in the angle that they showed. I was like, oh, wow, that's
0: close. <laughs> yeah, you had issue with this. I didn't even really notice. Because I was busy noticing that there was now a TitanTron.
1: Okay, you were all about this TitanTron. I,
0: I, listen, I want a TitanTron.
1: Bitches love TitanTrons. Well, I'm kind of sad. Bitch a TitanTron.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of sad nowadays because people don't have entrance videos anymore. They just have a graphic that usually just says their name.
1: You mean like 2021? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just all real generic looking, and I'm like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, it's not really, like, it's it's definitely not, like, DX or Chris Jericho, like, what they have.
0: Well, even then, like, Edge had a good, like, entrance video, and, like, John Cena had, you know, like, people had, like, basically music videos for their... For their introduction, yeah. 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 And I'll tell you who doesn't have entrance videos yet is WCW, because almost everyone's entrance video is just shots of them in like a black void and then just you know various glamour shots of them all clearly from the same day and I'm oh, almost yeah. wondering if it was just earlier in the day.
1: Yeah, they just they set up a black backdrop, got like two shots of the person and the person in editing just put on a whole bunch of different like panning shots of different levels of zoomed in. Yeah. Yeah. That was it.
0: But we'll see what happens that going forward. Um apparently Kevin Nash backstage is pushing for more kind of backstage sketches and stuff so we'll see how that impacts stuff going forward
1: that would be better because there's really nothing backstage
0: we have tony mike and bobby on commentary bobby notes that in the main event it's the first person to zap their opponent wins so it's not a traditional ladder match you have to actually like use the weapon which i think is a little more on a pole-esque
1: which is why I'm going to continue to call it the Taser on a Pole match.
0: Well, they also call it the Stun Gun multiple times, too. So yeah, what
1: the fuck is this thing?
0: <laughs> they cannot the decide. Prod,
1: the Stun Gun. They've
0: stopped doing Cattle Prod. I'll give them credit for that. Okay. But, yeah, they call it the Stun Gun, like, multiple times before the match, and then they're the match, and it's like, the Taser!
1: <laughs> taser on a Pole, that's what it is.
0: And then Tony clarifies that there's a new stipulation for the Jericho Saturn match that it it is indeed loser wears the dress.
1: Yeah, okay. so it doesn't matter like who wins. I just don't it doesn't it's still not clear how long they have to wear the dress for if, it, if it's like just for the segment after the match or if it's forever. That doesn't get cleared up.
0: No, and it's also not clear why this changed.
1: No, but when they said this change, I was really set for like, oh, this obviously means Jericho's gonna lose.
0: Yeah, I was kind of expecting that too.
1: I thought it was gonna be like, take your own medicine, backfiring, like
0: also because while not as eminently as the giant, Jericho is also kind of on his way out.
1: Yeah, when, he doesn't leave until like end of this year, right?
0: He debuts in WWF in September, but he's off TV for oh. like months. Before uh, he actually... Because he's doing house shows. He's just not Mm -hmm. on TV. Yeah,
1: because I know his thing when he debuts is very like Y2K, Y2J, which is 2000. So I figured it was the end of the year.
0: No, it's a little bit earlier. Because they they have the uh, countdown of the millennium and it's like September. And they're like, why why is it counting down now? What the hell? But we'll get to that match in a bit. I say a bit, but they say that there are nine matches tonight. I'm like, (laughs) what?
1: How the hell did they get to nine?
0: We counted four. We forgot one kind of obvious one in the grand scheme of things at that point. But there are nine, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay.
1: Sure. And
0: they all feel long.
1: They do. Like, WCW went from having, like, really short, quick matches to too long.
0: I'm wondering if watching that Raw also spoiled us of just, like, three-minute match. True. True commentary then suddenly throws to backstage where goldberg is holding his knee and he's like get out of here to the cameraman
1: yeah it's like a ten ten second 10 second maybe jump to the backstage yeah just like open the door he's on the ground clutching his knee he says get out and then that's it
0: yeah commentary tries to speculate on what happened and they're like maybe he fell it's like you don't make him sound <laughs> tough when you say maybe he fell oh
1: i guess he tripped <laughs>
0: We will not see Goldberg until the main event, but commentary just endlessly speculates on what's up with that. And yeah, they keep doing the, maybe he fell. Oh, maybe he fell off a chair. Mm -hmm. It's like, guys. No,
1: he didn't fucking fall. He is like a
0: world-class athlete.
1: The man knows how to balance.
0: So they'll be talking about that through our first match, which is Mike Enos versus Chris Benoit.
1: Yeah, as soon as they announced his competitor as Chris Memoir, I was like, oh, gee, I wonder who wins this match.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Commentary just talks about Goldberg and the NWO. But I noted they still are not calling them the NWO Elite, even though all of the chapter titles for the network are calling them the NWO Elite.
1: Have they called themselves the NWO
0: Elite? No, I think they will eventually. So it's just like, all right, this is the thing.
1: So the chapter titles are giving us spoilers.
0: That happens sometimes. Yeah. It also gets supposed anytime it's like Mike Enos in singles action. It's yeah. like, well,
1: I wonder who he's facing.
0: Early on, Enos. <laughs> just I'm going <laughs> have a hard time saying Enos this whole time. Just say Mike. Mike Enos spits at Benoit, so Benoit double snot rockets back at yeah, him. Yeah, ew. I noticed that Mike Enos is incredibly generic looking. Yeah, he in is. Just black trunks, black knee pads. Like, there's a little bit of flair on the boots. There's not 27 pieces of (laughs) flair.
1: It's a very niche joke that most people won't get. Eh, I'm
0: fine with that. (laughs) It's most of my comedy.
1: Thank God you have a podcast.
0: A lot of stalling early on. But commentary mentions the tag title tournament, which we have not talked about. Kenny Chaos and Rick Steiner were stripped of the tag team titles, and there is now a tournament on Nitro.
1: Oh, shit. Okay.
0: Sorry, that happened on Thunder. Okay. Which is why we missed it. And they started a tag title tournament, which the NWO is hell bent on stopping.
1: Okay. Yay, I'm so excited for our next Nitro episode.
0: Yeah, that tournament does not play out at all on this pay per view. Although apparently the finals will be at Super Brawl.
1: Okay. There is a there is like a tag match in this though, the cruiserweight tag?
0: That's not a tag match. Okay, well, there's tagging, but that's not a tag match. It's my least favorite type of fatal four-way.
1: Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't really a fatal four-way, was it? It's,
0: it was a four-way match. We'll get there. There were no rules. However, we'll the tag out. titles have been vacated due to Rick Steiner's injury. There is now a tournament to, you know, have new ones.
1: Weren't we also speculating who Rick Steiner's tag partner was? So I guess this clears it up.
0: Yes, I think it was Kenny Ka- – I've looked up the history of it. It was, it was marked as Kenny Chaos. I okay. don't know why Judy Bagwell suddenly one week was fine with it.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Or rather, why WCW was fine with Judy Bagwell. <laughs> I get why Judy Bagwell was like, fuck it. Yeah, payday.
1: <laughs> why not?
0: Which, yeah, we haven't seen Judy Bagwell in so long.
1: That's okay. Well,
0: wasn't it because Rick beat her up? I don't or remember. no not Rick, Scott. Jesus, that's very different. Very different. Feeling. That is very different. I don't remember. Anyway, in the match, we get uh, two bear hug spots from Mike Enos.
1: These were like weird bear hugs, too. They were like like... kind of like embracing, like they're trying to not make out, you know?
0: Well, I think it was also because I don't think Enos was lifting Benoit high enough, so he had to like lift his legs up to not be standing on the ground. It's like when you're too tall in gym class and they're like, oh, to do pull-ups, you have to, like, cross your legs and hold them up. And I'm like...
1: But it also looked like he had his one arm around his shoulder and the other one uh, under his arm. And, like, he was kind of gripping on like that and trying to lift him that way.
0: He doesn't get a submission. I'm not terribly worried about it. No, but
1: it was just a very intimate bear hug.
0: (laughs) I know that Enos is fine in this match. He's just not terribly interesting. He's not boring. He's just there.
1: Yeah. Like, I noted that, like, I'm not glued to this match, but it's not bad. It's not stupid. No. Like, they're competent. Like
0: Benoit goes up top, and depending on which commentator you ask, it's either the Crippler Swan Dive yeah, <laughs> or Air Crippler.
1: What are these? It's the diving headbutt. <laughs> yeah, but the Crippler Swan Dive?
0: Well, independent if they call it Air Canada, because he's Canadian. Yeah. He basically belly flops. He doesn't dive. Not really. If he dove, that would be a very different and, like, neck-breaking move.
1: The, I like the air crippler. I think that works. <laughs>
0: it's called the diving head, butt. not everything needs a crazy name. Like,
1: Well, commentary's obviously also getting a little bored with some of these matches, so they need something to talk about.
0: Yeah, like, Eddie Guerrero has the frog splash.
1: Yeah, but think about how did Norman Smiley get the big wiggle? commentary was bored
0: yeah well they actually they have one of those moments in the norman Smiley match. yes anyway the diving head but commentary does actually acknowledge that like yeah that fucks benoit up too (laughs)
1: because
0: i'm pretty sure enos gets up before benoit again it's like dude stop like is that backstage telling people like stop doing this move probably we're having your opponents get up before you benoit taps out enos with a cross face after enos goes for a clothesline not a bad match. I, I just I wasn't enthused, but it wasn't bad by any stretch.
1: No, it was very telling. Like obviously, I knew that Chris Benoit was going to win. So the fact that Mike Enos was going for so many pins, like he was trying, he was going for so many, and like Chris Benoit went for like maybe two, but the second he locked in the crossfit, he was like oh, it's done. Yeah, the end.
0: Mike Enos is not scrambling out of the crossfit. <laughs> no, especially uh, ten minutes into the match. No, this match went 10-34. thirty34.
1: Oh, yeah, Nick made note of all the, like, lengths of the matches.
0: Yes, I got them all from Wikipedia, so if if you're going to be like, well, actually, when uh, 10.37. Uh, fuck Go
1: off. edit the Wikipedia page.
0: <laughs> we then get a Hall and Goldberg video package. This one wasn't bad. There's was one later that was yeah. just kind of annoying.
1: This was a pretty, like, generic, like, it's a video package.
0: I'm thankful that they're now trying to be like, Hey.
1: I hope it continues.
0: Yeah, here's here's what happened. Next up, match number two. We get Norman Smiley versus Chavo Guerrero Jr.
1: <laughs> this match starts off so fucked up.
0: What do you mean?
1: <laughs> Norman Smiley comes down the ramp a la Paul Bearer with a fucking urn in his hand <laughs> full of the ashes of Pepe.
0: I busted out laughing when I saw it, was it. So fucked up. I thought it was hilarious.
1: It was funny, but like it's just Jesus.
0: So the bell rings as Norman is getting out of the ring, and he stalls for a little bit. And they are t- talking about the you know horrific scene from Nitro <laughs> of him going in the uh, the wood chipper, the shredder, and I think it's Tony has the line. Who who would have known that would have been Pepe's last birthday, <laughs> My party.
1: birthday party? Oh no, Pepe! <laughs> it's like almost sad, but then it's the horse on a stick. Like it's not sad.
0: I did note that Chavo had some pretty good fire throughout this match.
1: He did. I noted that too. And er- his- early
0: in this match, and yes. then it died off a little bit. But
1: him having that fire meant for like made for some really good energy. At the beginning of it, like, between the both of them, like, they were both moving, Chavo was on fire, like, I really liked it.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, all right. I was in this. It. This shouldn't go long. This should be, you know, like a blood feud, like, fucking blood feud over. <laughs> yes. <a> shredded or- <laughs> shredded a, toy horse.
1: It's a wood chip feud, not a blood feud.
0: But I was happy to see, he didn't come out, and it's like, oh, collar and elbow tie up, you know, arm ringer, just like a, no, like, Chavo wants to kill this man. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. But so we thought you thought that it was going to be a short match. Yes. I knew it was going to be a longer match when Norman Smiley starts teasing the Big Wiggle.
0: <laughs> yeah, he teased like, it a few times. He teased it three times. I've noted it. Every and, time. and the crowd boos every yeah. time he does do it.
1: But once he starts teasing it, I'm like, oh god, we're here for a while.
0: We get a springboard bulldog from Chavo, and Norman begs off before pulling Chavo into the turnbuckle. And this is where I think the first time he denies the crowd the big wiggle.
1: Maybe, yeah.
0: He hits his big spinning scoop slam. This is where commentary is like, we don't really have a name for that yet, do we?
1: Oh, this makes... Yes.
0: (laughs) And I don't know what they decided on, because they pitched both the smiley slam and the wind-up slam.
1: I think they land on the smiley slam. I like the wind-up slam better. I like the smiley slam. I love that alliteration, baby.
0: We'll see what it gets called next time we see him, because I assume... Norman Smiley will be on every episode of Nitro until the end of time.
1: Oh my god, yeah. Please someone get that man some knee pads.
0: The middle, like, seven minutes of this match is just various rest holds. And rest holds that don't look like they do anything.
1: No, so it was a lot of, like, back and forth kind of submission-y rest holds that weren't quite... Like,
0: I'm going to bend your leg the way it goes. I'm going to bend your arm the way it goes.
1: It was weird. And it just kept going back and forth. They're just like, I'm going to hold your leg. Pretend like it hurts. Yeah. It doesn't... It it was weird. It was a mess. A
0: little bit. Norman gives the people a different dance. And they pop big. And I don't get it.
1: Wait, which dance did he do there? Was that just like the little chest shimmy?
0: I think so. I
1: don't... I don't know why they pop for that.
0: Why pop for the big wiggle either? (laughs) It's just...
1: Because it has a name and it's stupid. It's
0: not an impressive <laughs> dance. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. You're
1: telling me that when the clubs open back up, you're not going to go to, like, the dance floor and pull out the big wiggle?
0: I mean, I'll do it and make aggressive eye contact with you while I'm doing <laughs> it, but that's that's just as a joke on you. Yeah, Let's
1: hit the clubs, baby. <laughs> I just,
0: I, I don't get why the crowd is like, oh my god, he did a small dance move, like, like. Different if he did like a cool like backflip or something like oh shit that's impressive. As much this as is just a fucking. This is spire <laughs> This is a, aspires to be the cha cha slide.
1: <laughs> cha cha real smooth. No. As much as I hate the spinneruny, that warrants a pop. That requires. Yes, I have skill. <laughs> seen
0: enough people do a poor spinneruny, yes. including Edge at WrestleMania.
1: Oh God, yeah. But like the spinnerunner requires a little bit of talent, requires some skill. I still find it dumb in a wrestling match, but I understand why something like that would get a pop. Pretending to slap an ass in thin air—that's not—that's nothing.
0: Oh, you know what? I my—I will pop for him pretending to slap one.
1: Oh yeah, you know. Okay.
0: But uh, after that, we get a second rope superplex from Norman Smiley. And then it's time for the big wiggle and commentary notes, as only Norman can do it. Again, it's not a difficult move. I noted here that I'm like this match is going way too long. Yes, Norman puts the gory special on Chavo. His commentary talks about how disrespectful it is because that's like his father or grandfather's move. Chavo then goes to counter it, and Norman catches him in like like a wheelbarrow position. And he does the big wiggle and smacks Chavo on the ass several times.
1: Yeah, Norman does the big wiggle on Chavo's butt. That's just an oddly homosexual sentence. Yeah, I
0: think you noted this smash was fairly intimate as well.
1: No, you did because you noted that in those back and forth rest holds, Ch- um, Norman Smiley feels a little naked because you're just very aware of his penis in Chavo's face. Yeah. He feels more naked. This feels more
0: Yeah, we noted, like the lack of knee pads. There's just, just a lot of skin, and it's just like, it felt like Norman's yeah. dick was very consistently in Chavo's face.
1: Yeah. Which, like, is not out of the norm for... Out, out of the norm for wrestling.
0: Yeah, like, look at but any powerbomb, and it's yeah. like, yeah.
1: It's, we're just aware of it.
0: Like... Powerbomb, he's only there for a brief bit before you drop him. Here, it was like prolonged holds of just like rubbing your dick on somebody. It was
1: weird, yeah. Yeah, this was an oddly intimate match.
0: Yeah, Norman goes for the chicken wing, but Chavo counters it and tries for a tornado DDT, but Norman counters. Norman goes for the urn, but when Chavo grabs him, Norman swings some sawdust into Chavo's eyes. And then he locks in the chicken wing and Chavo taps out.
1: Can you imagine how much that hurts to get sawdust in your eyes?
0: Yeah, it probably sucks. Ugh. So Norman gets the win, but I guess leaves the urn behind for Chavo just to take home, <laughs> which was kind of considerate.
1: No, no.
0: <laughs> Listen, you know what? Actually, I'm happy because that probably means this feud is over because if he kept the urn, we would have got this match at Super Bowl.
1: We probably still will.
0: No, Norman's finally faced somebody else randomly after facing them for every week on the build to oh, Super Bowl. Good. This was long. This was boring.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: this Like, honestly, this could have gone five minutes and I would have enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah, of just, you know, Chavo trying to basically kill Norman. Norman finally gets the upper hand with the sawdust and then locks the chicken wing. Like, Norman could have done literally one move in this match and would have been like, okay, mm-hmm. it's that. But- also... That stops him from doing the big wiggle, and getting a pop for doing that, because once again, he's a heel and shouldn't be doing, shouldn't be like pandering to the crowd.
1: You're more bent on that than I am. Yes,
0: I no. I stand a, a heel face dynamic.
1: Do not say the word stand on this podcast.
0: I stand. No. We then get a WCW.com interview with Conan, and Conan cuts a good brief promo kind of being like listen i just want to like who made the call to kick me out like what the fuck guys
1: yeah and like he's like Wolfpack is forever why am i suddenly out of the nwo i I was in why am i now out like it's a good point i understand he says like why did they just abandon me or something like that
0: yeah he also wants to know like who made the call yeah so he'll be in action a little bit later tonight i forget if they actually note that or not
1: I don't think they
0: do because that was not a, a that was not an announced match beforehand. Speaking of unannounced matches, we get Fit Finley versus Van Hammer. Now, in my research, I found this match was not supposed to be Finley versus Van Hammer. Really? So you know you can you can kind of understand why it was bad. Well, like you know why it was unannounced.
1: What was it supposed
0: to be? Oh, Finley versus Mongo. Oh,
1: where's Mongo?
0: Mongo had uh, personal issues. However, you're completely looking over the fact that Mongo versus Finley also was not billed to at all during this. Fair. <laughs> Thanks for uh, stepping on that joke.
1: Sorry. I forget that Mongo's a person a lot of the
0: time. Yeah, it was supposed to be Finley versus Mongo. Mongo, no show because he's, he's been having a lot of personal issues, apparently.
1: Sure like any Finley match would have been like, oh, why is this happening? Because what has Finley been doing on TV?
0: Well, I noted that where I'm like, you have six hours a week of television. Just do loose builds to pay-per-view matches. Like, yeah. listen, Norman Smiley versus Chavo Guerrero was a stupid build, but I understood why they were fighting on pay-per-view. Yeah, that makes like,
1: sense. A little storytelling goes a long way. Like,
0: I shouldn't need shitty exhibition matches on events I pay for true yeah and we have an example later of a unannounced match that still absolutely works this is just absolutely nothing i did note though that i'm like man van hammer has not aged well and i have no idea how old he is but i looked up oh, no. he, is, he was 39 in this match he was 39
1: yeah.
0: also don't think we've seen van hammer in like two months
1: I didn't know who he was,
0: yeah, we like briefly saw him face uh, Barry Wyndham for like two minutes, <laughs> or like not even I think maybe even less than that because Flair then ran in and interfered and low blowed Barry Wyndham like six times. Yeah. I forget if that was nitro or uh pay per view that might have been like World War three or something.
1: I do not remember my wrestling memory is perfect for what they want wrestling t v to be. Because yes. i don't remember shit i had
0: to trim out uh you having no clue who jj J. Dillon was who i managed to remind you who he was by doing the you can't do that to a man in glasses a
1: man's wearing glasses <laughs> it's funny
0: but like he was a, a fixture of like the weekly tv and you're like uh, who is he <laughs> I'm
1: Telling you, i have the perfect brain for wrestling tv i forget what they want me to forget <laughs> Except for Mark Henry and um, Mae Young giving birth to a hand. I will never forget that. I I will never forget that. I don't care if he comes out at WrestleMania and is like, oh my God, it's the world's strongest man. He's amazing. No, you gave birth to a hand. We're not going to play this game. Well, he didn't
0: give birth to a hand. He he
1: was there. He
0: sired the hand.
1: He sired a hand into an 80-year-old woman. I will never forget that.
0: So commentary is putting Finley over in this match like, like it's a squash match. And it is and it's not. I honestly wondered, I'm like, if we just didn't acknowledge this match in the podcast and just skip right over it, who would have noticed? (laughs) You know? I I really wonder.
1: (laughs) I just don't know who's out there like, oh, I really, I love Van Hammer and this is my favorite match of his with Fit Finley. It's amazing. I can't wait to hear them talk about this. Like, if you're out there, please let me know because I would love to talk to you. But Why?
0: (laughs) Well, Finley wins with a uh, a tombstone in 7.54.
1: Yeah, that's 7 minutes and 54 seconds of both of us zoning out. Because I don't think either of us were really paying that close attention to this match.
0: No, I didn't feel the need no, to. I didn't either. I paid more attention to this match than there was build. Yes. So, you know, I that's did my that. job. <laughs> yeah, stop having these matches on pay-per-view, please. Like, yeah. it'd be different if it was some sort of exhibition from, like, a different company. Like, I'd be looking at some, like, early, mid-90s WCW, and it's like, oh, you know, we have this... Um, oh, God, they worded it way. It's like, this tag team ladies match...
1: Hey, ladies! ...from,
0: uh, like, Japanese wrestlers. Oh, cool. And it's like, okay, this is from a different company, but just like a, you know, a little spotlight match. All my ladies. That's what it is. Give me spotlight matches. Don't give me exhibition matches.
1: That's fair. I mean... It is also 1999, so we have to acknowledge that people cannot pause, and there aren't really commercial breaks in a pay-per-view, so maybe this was like a potty break match. This is the match where you go take a pee break, and you get a new snack. Maybe.
0: It's possible this was meant to be a break match, but then again, we're not that far into the show.
1: No, we're not. It's the
0: third match.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I'm just trying to justify this somehow.
0: We then get a Flares versus Hennig and Wyndham video package, which lasts about 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really do a whole lot.
1: No, I didn't even take a note of it because I forgot that it happened.
0: Match number four is the one that we should have known was going to be on this. Because we actually talked about how it's probably going to be on pay-per-view. Which is Wrath versus Bam Bam Bigelow.
1: Bam Bam Bigelow still with the worst gear in WCW.
0: I mean, that's his gear throughout his entire career.
1: It's terrible.
0: I didn't mind it as much here.
1: No, just... I, I hate it overall. Like, I just think it's a terrible look.
0: There's versions that are worse, but I don't mind this one. He's wearing the black here. Honestly, Bam, well, but ba- he's still wearing the flames. Well, I mean, yeah, the flames on the side. Sometimes it's, like, all flames. Sometimes it's, like, purple uh, and flames. Okay. Still no music for him either.
1: Which is annoying.
0: Commentary does try during the match to give this a story.
1: But it's a very, like... Nothing story because when they first come out, commentary m- mentions like these two met a few weeks ago, and nothing was settled. But if you think about back on like why they met a few weeks ago, it was literally just because Rath wanted to fight someone. they didn't have a brawl. It was just bam, bam bam yeah, available. yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a fight. there was no like reason. They were just there. Yeah, like when they say like nothing was settled, I'm like, what? I mean, like
0: there's there's a way to tell this story better than how to tell you because like yeah, it's an open challenge. Bam, bam comes out and they want to see who's the best. Sure. I think it's also the fact that their brawl to the back wasn't heated, so it doesn't feel warranted. Because that had been a hot brawl to the back would have been like, oh shit, we need to find out who's better. Yeah, maybe. This is just like, all right, let's see if they do a finish this time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, in that case, if it's like nothing was settled and the fact that there was not a finish in the last one, like sure. But there's not really, like, a reasoning reasoning.
0: One point Bobby here notes, What's going to happen here between the meltdown and the fireball? I'm like, okay. Some clever wordplay.
1: Wait, which is which?
0: Well, the meltdown is Wrath's finisher. Oh. And I didn't know that. Bam Bam Bigelow has it's the head tattoo of fire.
1: Oh. I don't think I ever realized it was a fire tattoo.
0: Yeah, it's meant to be. It's real faded here. Yeah. Earlier in his career, it's a little less. And I wonder if, like, if he suffers an injury, does he go get that touched up? Because he'll be out for a little while.
1: I don't know how painful it is to get a head tattoo. I imagine pretty painful.
0: Yeah. You also need to like really be committed to staying bald. Yeah. Tony Schiavone notes that Flair is responsible for like fully bringing in Bam Bam Bigelow into WCW. Like he was here before, but Flair has hired him now. He's part of the roster. He's
1: officially under contract. We're
0: dropping that whole part of this. He still doesn't have entrance theme though.
1: Yeah. He's not that in yet. Him
0: something i forget if he actually had a titantron or not
1: I, I, you were again you were all about the titantron I well because one to.
0: person doesn't and i forget who it is but i have it marked in the notes this is largely a uh, big boy strike match but it's not it's not bad commentary is actually paying attention to this match and like they're doing a pretty good job calling it i was it was a welcome surprise i was kind of impressed
1: true this this would usually be one that they like talk over but they, yeah, they didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I was still pretty bored by it. But
0: Well, it was unfortunate that they were paying attention to it because, you know who wasn't? Mm. The crowd.
1: Oh, my God. The crowd was so dead. Yeah. It was really sad.
0: Well, there's also a crap ton of rest holds that just kill any flow this match has. Yeah. Like, this match go- also goes too long. Almost every match tonight they goes go too long. a little long. too long. Like, this should have been bordering on, like, a Goldberg match of just, like, mm-hmm. hit some big moves and, like, call it. But the dead crowd gets to Bam Bam at certain points. You can see him yeah. looking around a little pissed off. Like, dude, what the fuck? You shouldn't be this dead. Yeah.
1: Again, it's also the fourth match of the night. Like, we aren't, I don't even know if we're, like, at the hour point. Like, they don't have a reason to be this, like, tired no. yet.
0: Both men are down after a double clothesline, but Bigelow is back up at seven and Wrath starts to come back. Although, mid-comeback, he goes to dive onto Bigelow into the corner and somehow manages to hit his head onto the post, like, behind the turnbuckle. Yeah,
1: and, like, I think we backed it up to watch again. He does actually hit his head.
0: Yeah, it's just, it, like, wasn't panto enough. Usually we'll do that. It's, like, a big, like, oh, my God, they did a huge dive. It was just, like, you kind of dove and Bigelow just kind of aided you going into that. Yeah. Bigelow then hits a Greetings from Asbury Park, which is meant to be, like, a tombstone pile driver kind of like a sit out tombstone kind of thing this looked more like a big ending as wrath just didn't seem to want to take it properly but it gets bigelow the three in nine twenty three. i thought it was a fine match I, I i didn't think the crowd should have shot on this as much as they did
1: they didn't shit on it they just nothing did it's that, not like they were booing it or like bam bam sucks or anything but like
0: well that, that would have been heat at that point
1: fair but you did miss the point. Bayman tries to get Rath into a pin. And Rath, in getting his foot up on the rope, kicks the camera. <laughs>
0: yes, that did happen.
1: <laughs> that made me laugh.
0: I thought this is better than their, Nit- their Nitro match.
1: The problem is I don't remember their Nitro match because it's very forgettable.
0: Yeah, I thought it was better. And it's still not great.
1: I gave it a 3 out of I gave all these out of 10. I gave this one a 3 out of 10.
0: I might have gone a 4, but it's not yeah, saying I mean, much.
1: I'm on a pretty big curve. I gave Finley and Van Hammer a 2, so...
0: Well, let's see if uh, see if the next match can pique your interest because next up we have Conan versus Lex Luger.
1: This piqued the audience interest.
0: Yeah, Conan grabs a mic and cuts his usual bit, <laughs> but he adds a little bit to the end of it that um. we just gonna play it. <laughs> I don't. No, because we, we need to. We need to talk about this. <laughs> he he says that Lex is going to. Toss- no,
1: no, no, no. You got to have the buildup. You got to get the buildup. <laughs> so in talking to Lex Luger, Conan says, there's Russian, Italian, French, and creamy. Those are salad dressings. Be prepared to bow down and toss my salad and peel my potato. Yes. That's like verbatim.
0: <laughs> yes. He says that Luger is going to toss his salad and peel his potato.
1: <laughs> I just like the like... Those are salad dressings.
0: You know how you shit on me when I have to explain (laughs) the joke? What do you have to explain to your quippy promo?
1: I loved it. I thought this was the greatest. This might be my, like, best bit of the night, because this is the best. This is the best promo I've ever heard. Uh, Those are salad dressings. uh,
0: We might have seen... (laughs) We might have briefly seen something, and actually, I think we might have, but I think this is our first Lex Luger one-on-one match of the podcast.
1: You mentioned that when we were watching it.
0: I did note that he came out, and I'm like, I am not excited for this. I, I was know. like, Conan versus Luger. I'm like, oh, the, the wolf pack explodes. Like, Ugh. Lex grabs a mic, and he actually offers to let Conan like walk away. Like, dude, I'm not mad at you. There's, like, an A-team and a B-team, and, like, you you didn't you're make... You're on the B-team. Well, see, that's where he lost me, because the B-team is actually a thing. Oh,
1: really? And he's like,
0: and you didn't make the A-team. It's like, well, you didn't offer him a spot on the B-team. <laughs> there's
1: an A-team and there's a B-team, and you're on the C-team.
0: He's like, listen, I'm not mad at you. Just, like, walk away. Like, I got no issue here. And instead, Conan decks Just him.
1: throws hands.
0: Man, Conan has... It's a real good fire that like wakes up the crowd early on.
1: Mm -hmm. For as dead as they were after the Wrath and Bam Bam Bigelow match, they really woke up.
0: Yeah, Luger goes to leave, but Conan brings him back. And then we get them. It's 1999 and Lex Luger is still making noises every time he sells. (laughs) And I know to hear them like, this is an example of an unannounced match that I'm fine with. Because there was story going in. I'm like, you know what? This makes sense to be on pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, this one was good.
0: Luger counters a dropkick and works over Conan's back. Apparently, like, Conan actually, like, fucked up his back a little bit during this match. Oh, really? Yeah, I found that out. Oh, shit. Conan starts his comeback and hits a rolling clothesline. He then starts to move real slow. So I'm guessing that's the...
1: Yeah, I think that's when they,
0: when he tweaked it. Yeah, I'm not sure that's when he tweaked it, but I think doing the role aggravated it because miss elizabeth then comes out with something very clearly behind her back
1: oh yeah she like comes out with both her hands behind her back just like
0: i don't really know why
1: down. she comes so this is what i was trying to say like when we we're watching this i think i mentioned to you i'm like this seems like a weird interference like not that it was miss elizabeth but she just came down really quickly did her thing and very quickly left it felt very rushed. It was so short. I just found it weird.
0: Yeah, it was strange because Conan has Luger in the Tequila Sunrise, which this was not that move. No, I was this was like say, a single leg Boston craft.
1: They mentioned like, oh, God, I'm in the Tequila Sunrise. Like, okay, if you say so.
0: Again, I'm guessing his back is injured, and so he's like, "I'll do what I can." Liz then sprays something in Conan's eyes. They say it's spray paint, but like. It feels like there should be more paint if it was that. It's like Mace or spray paint or something.
1: So commentary does actually mention, like, it was supposed to be spray paint. But she's like, oh, she didn't shake it up. So he just got all the alcohol at the top. Okay. That was the commentary ex- explanation.
0: Luger then gets Conan in the torture rack and wins in 931. I thought this match was pretty good. Really? I, that I was, was I was dreading this match. And I ended up enjoying it
1: i thought it was all right i
0: i don't know i just they told a good story they both worked fairly well lex you know working over the back to set up for the torture rack makes sense okay i was pleasantly surprised you you seem underwhelmed
1: i really was i didn't really like it was good but i again i just kept losing my interest I am making a very like valiant effort to pay attention to these matches and like not be on my phone and not even like think about like not let my mind wander when we watch these because I do recognize that I have a problem with that when we watch TV. But when I notice myself doing it, I make note of it in the notes because I'm like this isn't holding my attention enough to keep my mind from doing that. Like I like the match like I paid more attention to it than like the Finley match, but eh, it was fine.
0: Yeah. I also wonder how much of it is the fact that you very understandably don't care about Lex Luger.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't really care about Conan either.
0: Yeah. Although I guess Conan's kind of a face now, so we'll... uh we'll
1: The face s- and heel mean very little to me. The lines are so blurred, and I have a hard time, as it is, trying to decipher who's a face, who's a heel. I just ignore it at this point. It doesn't matter to you me. You know what
0: they fucking should have done? Mm. So yeah, they broke up the LWO on Nitro. Conan got kicked out of the NWO. Just have him go take Eddie's spot. In the LWO? Yeah. I don't know. I think that would have been interesting.
1: Like, put him in the LWO as the head like Eddie was? Yeah. No, I don't
0: think so. I think it would give them a new dynamic, too, so. Uh,
1: But then it would just turn the LWO into the NWO.
0: Not necessarily. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see in general what happens with that storyline. Next up, we have our dress match. Perry Saturn versus Chris Jericho. (laughs)
1: I have a lot to say about the ending of this match.
0: Well, Saturn does not come out with his chainmail vest this time.
1: Thank God. He's changing up his uniform, I hope.
0: But he does come out with a bandana with, like, the ties in the front. So it just kind of looks yeah, lame looking. it's still
1: not a good look. Perry doesn't have to dress himself.
0: Jericho comes out and tears up a pro-Jericho sign. I did like his shiny jacket, though.
1: So, as, like, a fan in the crowd, would you be, like really into the fact that Jericho took your sign and ripped it up or would you be pissed?
0: I think I'd be into it just because Jericho's a heel.
1: Okay. I think I'd be kind of pissed. i like, yeah. oh, no, I worked on that. Yeah, I mean... So now I have nothing to hold up during this match. Okay.
0: Yeah, but the whole reason to bring a sign is that the wrestler sees it and it gets shown on television.
1: I mean, yes.
0: So, this is like the most featured your sign can be. I thought it was interesting that he tore up a pro Jericho sign.
1: Yeah, I didn't really get that.
0: Oh, yes, I like his sparkly jacket. It is not that sparkly jacket from WWE in like <laughs> 13 years from this point. But, uh, wow.
1: it's a good look, though. I do like it.
0: I can't wait for some referee screwiness in this match because, guess what? It's that fucking ref. Because, I mean, one, of course, of course, it, would course be. it is. I don't know. I would have had it been a ref bump, and then you have that ref come down because immediately he's the ref. You know, it's like, well, I, I'm now just waiting for the fucked finish.
1: Yeah, that's fair, but I don't know, it didn't. the end of finish didn't seem so fucked
0: Oh, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there
1: It wasn't super blatant fucky
0: It's a very slow start for these two Mike today on commentary does remind the audience that it's like, yep it, it's loser wears, not just Saturn has to wear it if he loses Saturn hits a scoop slam followed by a springboard leg drop then Ralfus pulls the dress out and like shows the crowd how fucking large this dress is. There's also either like a scarf or a belt to go I'm with it. I'm
1: pretty sure it's like a waist cinch belt.
0: We get a triangle dropkick from Jericho into the barricade, followed by a diving vault to the outside. Cocky pinned by Jericho gets countered, but Jericho gets back on offense fairly quickly. Most of this is Jericho on offense. Like Saturn's yeah. really barely on the offensive he here.
1: He really didn't do much.
0: Jericho goes for the lion's off, but Saturn counters and follows up with a T-bone suplex. We get an odd butterfly suplex from Jericho. It looks like it was supposed to get countered, but then wasn't. <laughs> like, he didn't get him, like, high enough up. It was like, a, oh. Like, usually, like, Saturn would grab his arm and you, like, roll through as Jericho. But just kind of looked weird. We get a top rope splash from Saturn, which is pretty nice looking.
1: <laughs> I feel like we don't see Saturn on the top rope a lot. Am I wrong?
0: In WWE, he does a diving elbow a bit, but, like, I kind of respect anybody who's doing that diving splash, because that kind of sucks to do. Nah. <laughs> Knocks the wind out of you a bit. I mean, you're, be- you're basically belly flopping. Yeah. Jericho kicks out of the splash. He goes for the... I, I, I wrote the walls, but it is the lion tamer. It's the
1: lion tamer now. It is not the walls.
0: But Saturn counters. He gets Jericho in a small package, but the ref kind of looks at it and then bumps into it which reverses it so Jericho then has Saturn pinned and he fast counts Saturn
1: okay see like that's when I didn't notice the bump first of all I did not see that so it wasn't so blatant that I could like very obviously be like oh that was ref interference and like I didn't think the count was that fast like it was, it was quick but it wasn't like you know
0: so we just picked it a replay are you doubling down
1: yeah, I kind of stand by.
0: Yeah, I I just think, like, they say, like, oh, he bumped him, and I'm like, his hand is, cl- ref's hand is clearly on, like, the foot and, like, pulls him.
1: It doesn't look like he's pulling. It just looks like he kind of placed his hand.
0: You mm. might have to agree to disagree. This yeah. one. I, I think that it was incredibly blatant looking.
1: I think I'm just used to, like, over-selling of a ref interference, I guess.
0: I'm wondering if also the fact that... You don't see the ref on camera Because he's just obstructed by the actual Maybe. pin Makes it look a little Better to you Maybe Or I guess worse because it's meant to be a fucked finish So I don't know whether
1: <laughs> And like with the fast count like yeah it's a little fast But it's it's not like a Shane fast I, I think, it was, I
0: really pr- I think it was pretty close From the, the raw episode
1: No because a Shane fast is like bam 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 That was pretty No this was like bam 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 which is still quick, it's just yeah. not as quick.
0: Either way, Saturn now has to wear a dress.
1: And the dress that they have, of all the women's clothing, clothing that they could have chosen for this spot, they chose, like, the least feminine dress that you could have picked. It's just like, it's a leopard print, shapeless, short sleeve, high collar, kind of like a muumu dress.
0: Yeah, like, it almost looks like poncho-esque. It
1: is. It's not form-fitting, it's not like showy it's just like a, it looks like a long shirt and they're playing it up like this is the most embarrassing thing that perry saturn's ever had to do in his life i'm like
0: really i did laugh at jericho like hiding behind the ref and laughing at saturn yeah, just <laughs> like love. what a little asshole
1: yeah and when perry saturn perry saturn tries to get the when he takes the dress from um ralphus this man does not know how dresses work
0: I think think the ref hands it to him because the ref is like basically laughing in his face.
1: No. Perry does not know how a dress works. So for our listeners who also may not know how dresses work. You mm, wear them. A little more complicated than that. Slightly. (laughs) Okay. So most dresses if they're not like cotton dresses they have a lining on the inside. Sometimes it's sewn in. Most of the time it's not it's like connected by one or two points on the dress it's just called like an inner lining so perry i don't think that this would get i i don't think that this dress was given to perry saturn inside out but somehow no it was not in the somehow in the process of perry saturn trying to put this dress on he turns it inside out flips it right side in turns it inside out again jumbles it up into a ball cannot figure out what the fuck is happening with this garment I'm like, dude, it is a shift dress. It is not that hard.
0: Well, the ref also has a hard time because the ref tries to zip him up and it gets like stuck.
1: Yeah, because it wouldn't have been hard to zip up if Barry didn't pull it into like a whole ball and turn it inside out, outside in. Like the fucking lining probably got stuck in the zipper because Barry was fucking with it so much.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but uh I wrote that I bet this is going to be reversed on Nitro. What do you think?
1: Probably. If like, I just want to know how long he has to wear the fucking dress for. Is he going to come out on Nitro in the dress? I assume so because in the initial stipulation for this dress for this dress match, Jericho says, "If I beat you, you have to wear this dress for the rest of your WCW career." I
0: thought it was just rest of career, not even WCW a rest career. Of his
1: career, <laughs> yeah. But that was the original stipulation, and it has only been said that one time, so I don't know if that still stands.
0: We'll see what is said on Nitro. I imagine this will come up because you know, Ric Flair is a face, president, commissioner, whatever. I yes he's president, president. yeah Heads so the
1: presidential conference at the beginning
0: fair um so he shouldn't let this stand
1: why not
0: because of the screwy finish i know you don't think it was all that screwy it was designed to be a screwy finish okay,
1: well they just didn't do it well then
0: <laughs> i thought they did but i also thought this match was disappointing i on uh, all of these have been for jericho and saturn i keep yeah. like i've even lowered my expectations at this point and just like Saturday, I feel like he hit like four moves in this match. Like He didn't do much.
1: I don't think he's a good wrestler. I think he's really bad. And I thought he was bad on WWF. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt because he was given really shitty stories. And then he was made into an idiot. And But even watching him now, I just think he's a bad wrestler. I don't
0: think he's bad. I just I... don't think he's particularly good at this point.
1: When does he become good?
0: I mean, I don't know. But Yeah, exactly. W- like, we'll, he's we'll, just bad. We'll see. But I'm saying like, You know, him or Van Hammer, I'll take Perry Saturn.
1: I mean, you say at this point, you say we'll see, but like we watched basically his whole run on WWF and that's not far off from where we are now in the WCW timeline. Well,
0: actually, Jesus, I just realized we are exactly one year from them leaving. They leave after sold out 2000. Shit.
1: Oh, yeah, because they go like from one right to the other, right? They don't really have a TV break.
0: Yes, we will talk about that when we we get there. But there is a... Hilarious, relatively, reason why. <laughs> Here's the real question for you. Who do you think is a better promo? Perry Saturn or David Flair?
1: Perry Saturn has a personality, so. Does he? Compared?
0: <laughs> again, yeah, I mean, we did see Saturn on Nitro cutting a promo. and We were like, ooh, he's not good. But, no, uh, he's
1: bad, but he's better than David Flair.
0: Because next up, we get a WCW.com interview with David Flair.
1: Yes, David. Give us nothing. (laughs) Give me plywood. Give me flat line.
0: He didn't do terrible here, but... No, he did Here, I'm like... "Mm, He was very meh, but... There's nothing.
1: There's nothing to this man. There's nothing between his sad, sad eyes.
0: He didn't embarrass himself.
1: No. That's later. Well,
0: apparently... Apparently, this was going to be a one-off because he wanted to go be a state trooper. Oof. But... We had to uh, we had to edit out a little bit of the venom to David Flair last week because we went hard on him and how he was terrible and I'm like we stopped recording and I'm like I don't ooh I feel I feel yucky about that
1: I regret nothing. I'm probably going to double down on it this week because well, I really don't like David Flair.
0: This week, we can have specifics. Last True. week was just like, oh, he's fucking shit, mate. I thought
1: we had a good conversation about like children trying to live up to their wrestling parents.
0: Yeah. I need to trim it down a bit because we just started listing just everybody. Just, just turned into everyone who's better than David Flair. so
1: <laughs> Including his sister.
0: Yes. His <laughs> sister, who at this time does not want to be a wrestler.
1: Oh, God. Isn't that sad? Oh, man. Get ready.
0: So, do you remember the other week when I got all annoyed about psychosis?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Get ready for that in spades. Because <laughs> next up, we have a Cruiserweight title four corners match, I guess is what they call it. Kidman versus Juventud Guerrera versus Rey Mysterio versus psychosis. And so, we'll start off by explaining the rules. Two men start the match, and the other two are on the apron. And to get into the match and be the legal man who can pin or submit somebody, you have to tag in and out. I will note, WWF did this for a little while too, it is stupid. Also because, it doesn't really come up here, but I'm like, is this no DQ? Because if you, because then everybody loses by DQ? If True. you get to cute so I don't know but
1: the rules do not matter.
0: Well they do and they don't.
1: I mean even we'll get to there it. There are
0: rules to wrestling for everyone. They Follow the rules. <sighs> yeah, and psychosis what? in this match I was just more and more concerned. Psychosis is the one who gets no TitanTron. He just gets the, oh. he just gets the sold out logo. Yes. And Ray comes out to not the LWO uh. theme. I'm pretty sure not the other rap no. theme we heard. I think this is a different rap it's theme. It's new,
1: and if before you ask me, it does not slap.
0: Oh, I didn't even think it did. No. It's not Who's That Jumping Out of the Skies. So I wasn't sure of like, oh, they don't have the rights to this, so they'll just pipe in a different one. But it is now time for this week's episode of Who's That Pokemon? So we a little bit of a difference of opinion on the core color of Ray's <laughs> gear here because it is accented with black and like silver. Yeah. Now the main color is like a muddy green.
1: I say it's more like taupe.
0: No, the tope is a move they do.
1: Okay, if I can't <laughs> sing who's that jumping out the sky, you can't make bad jokes. I'm the editor. <laughs> we had to record Nick saying it's not who's that jumping out the sky 3 times because he got mad that I sang the theme. And leave this in, because I'm mad.
0: So, did you even find a Pokemon for the color you're claiming?
1: Okay, so I have one. I don't love it.
0: Yeah, so I said it was like a yeah a muddy kind of army green.
1: Well, before we even like decided what kind of gear we were going off of, he came out in like a really shiny jacket. So I was like, oh, whatever Pokemon he's going to be, he's going to be shiny. And then you were like, oh, I'm not counting the jacket. So I was like, well, fuck me. I don't like my choice. I'm going that off the bat. But my choice for who's that Pokemon of Ray Mysterio during sold out 1999 is zigzagoon?
0: Okay, so so going based off your brown note, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured the same if you want to go that way.
1: I mean, yeah, that's the only thing that that's the only Pokemon I could find and or think of that I was like that zigzagoon is the only one that kind of matches that color tone.
0: Yeah, I I mean I still disagree. I went with Larvatar slash Tyranitar. Oh, they have different colored tummies that don't really apply here, but I thought th- they're.
1: No, that is way too green.
0: That's that's the color I saw.
1: I disagree wholeheartedly. That's way too like light green too, because like, he's a very muddy green. This is more like. This is more like mossy green This is not muddy
0: I think similar to the Beedrill one There's not really uh, a gray color here
1: I think mine's closer
0: I think yours isn't even remotely close
1: Okay well comment in Tweet in say, Let us know somehow If Rey Mysterio sold out 1999 gear without the jacket Is it closer to Zigzagoon Or Larvitar
0: We'll move on
1: (laughs) I disagree with you
0: so Ray and Kidman start, and the other two immediately get in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like they're not tagged in, just
1: just immediately come in. come like, interfere. The second that um, Ray Mysterio and um, and Billy Kidman do a move to each other, and they're both down, they psychosis and um, Hooven two just come and start beating each other up or beating the guys up. Like it takes three seconds.
0: You were getting upset about the constant USA chance.
1: Oh, I found this so gross.
0: Yeah, I understand why. On the plus side, at least one of these men, and it's multiple, but at least one of these men is actually from the USA. As opposed what? to, it's like Bret Hart and Yokozuna, USA. It's like, he's Canadian.
1: I just think a USA chant when three out of the four men are like from the LWO that is Mexican or Latino, Like, I think that's horribly fucking racist. And I think it's disgusting.
0: We get a double crossbody from Ray and Kidman. And then both the other men come in and stomp them. Which I wrote, thanks, I hate it.
1: (laughs) I feel like that was just kind of your vibe through this whole match.
0: Yeah. Ray tags in Psychosis, and Psychosis all of a sudden seems pissed off.
1: He's, like, shocked that he has to be in the match.
0: Kidman tags in Hoovy, and this is where commentary started to piss me off as well. Where these matches are stupid, and commentary doesn't know... How to explain the psychology of, like, oh, my God, why would you ever tag anybody into this match? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. You can't win if you tag somebody else in. It's like, well, you also aren't going to be getting worked over for 20 minutes. Like, they just decide to, like, shit on this match. And I'm like, what the fuck?
1: I do find them funny later on down the line where they're like, are they the legal man? I don't think it matters anymore. Yeah. Look <laughs> <We'll> get there. <laughs> like, I find it funny. You find it annoying.
0: Yeah, commentary is wondering why you'd ever tag out. And then the two go to tag out, and Ray and Kibben just drop to the floor. Which, that I understand. It's like, no, you two go fight.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, God. I You know what? I have to give this match credit once I've thought about something. There is a tag team version of this match. I don't remember what pay-per-view it's on. It's probably something from 98. And the New Age Outlaws are in the match. And, like... Road Dogs in, I think he's in there against like Bradshaw, Mm -hmm. and Billy Gunn then like tags in from Bradshaw, so now it's Jesse James against Billy Gunn, and one of them just lays down and they pin him, and it's like, well, they won. True, yeah. But it's like, wait, no, you won and you lost. Yeah, which is incredibly stupid in a tag team match. That at least can't happen here, because this is not a tag team match. Yeah. And the the one winner gets the... uh, cruiserweight title
1: true and i think commentary didn't even like know it at the beginning or even maybe it was juventude and um psychosis had a conversation with each other it's like a win for you is a win for both of us like i think they went into this with like a tag team yeah they yeah they're
0: like like that's fine i kind of like that how there is yeah. there is the like alliances but at the end of the day it's like i i want to win this fucking title oh
1: absolutely it's like big brother their alliance very quickly breaks up
0: well, Kidman forearms Hoovy, and apparently that's a tag.
1: The tags become very, like, I guess. I guess that's a tag. Hoovy
0: hits a diving Hurricane Rana. He is not the legal man. <laughs> Ray wants to come in to, like, even the odds. And the ref's like, whoa, no, 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 you can't come in, as, like, Hoovy is still in the fucking ring. Hoovy and Psychosis argue over who will hit a springboard moonsault on, from, like, the like apron to the outside. But both end up getting power bombed onto the floor.
1: Which I think we both, like, win stat.
0: Hoovy is now the legal man as Kidman tags in Ray. Commentary does not know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. rules wise
1: They're like, I'm going to be honest, I do not know who the legal man is.
0: <laughs> Kidman hits a rolling senton from the top to the outside. Ray uses Hoovy to dive to the outside. He kind of, like, jumps off Ray's back, which we both thought was a real that nice spot. That was
1: so cool, yeah. Because it was it was not like... Ray was there to be his springboard. He was just down. Yeah, it's like a Hoovy just like capitalized on that. Yeah, like the
0: Hardys do that as like poetry in motion. But like Matt Hardy is very clearly on the ground. Like Ray just was like half getting up, and it's like dive. Like
1: oh shit, was great.
0: Ray then vaults over the ref to the outside, but only catches Kidman as Psychosis Mm -hmm. and Hoovy get out of the way. Hoovy then accidentally clocks Psychosis in the ring. He hits a Hoovy driver on Ray, but Psychosis breaks it up with a very sloppy diving move. I don't even know what he was going for, oh, but like yeah. psychosis is like on the ground and he goes like diving, drop kick him. And it's like, yeah, I don't really fuck know are what you the you plan doing? was there. Kidman counters a psychosis power bomb into a face buster. <laughs> because As it happens, we're like, oh, there, there it is.
1: It. <laughs> I think we're just looking for it now.
0: Kidman tries to pin psychosis, but Ray breaks it up and then tries to pin Kidman. There's only two legal men.
1: Rules don't matter, Nick.
0: no they don't they do they don't they're the glue for any match like at this point i was willing to be like okay i don't know which two are the legal man whoever they say is fine but you can't establish two people as the legal man and then while the other one's still in the ring it hasn't tagged (laughs) try for their pin it's like no oh
1: i don't know It's a rule what's a rule
0: Hoovy then breaks it up so i now assume Hoovy touched somebody he's not only a fucking legal man I think this is where Tony admits that he does not know who it is. (laughs) We get a suicide swanton bomb onto Ray and Kidman, who were like laying on the floor. It's like, holy fuck did that look sore. This is where we get the I don't know who's legal. I don't don't think think it it matters. (laughs) We then get a incredibly sloppy ending as Ray like is looking at Kidman setting up for the shooting star press and then just decides to go fight with psychosis.
1: Is this also when Hooventude is like wiggling to get into spot?
0: Yes, no, because he's not even wiggling. He's starting to get up and then like just suddenly drops back into the spot he's in. And he half gets up twice, but then is kind of in position, although he's a little too close because Kidman then hits the shooting star press. One of his knees hits Hoovy in the ribs. The other one hits Hoovy's inner thigh.
1: Yeah. It just looked like it hurt, both of them.
0: Yeah, Kidman wins in fourteen twenty four. This match drove me nuts. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be mad at me. There was some then. some fun offense, but just like none of it seemed to add up to anything.
1: I thought this was so much fun.
0: Yeah, I just.
1: I know you can't do this. I know you. It physically hurts you to do this. Once you just forget about the rules and just like watch the match for what it is, like it's really fun.
0: I wish I could do that.
1: I know. I'm lucky that I can because, like, I love the cruiserweight matches. Like, that's not a secret anymore. They are my favorite matches in WCW, WWF, WWE. They're so fun. And this is really fun. Well, because I
0: also think when you can exploit the rules in clever ways, it's fantastic. Sure. So this was everything I was worried about with that tag team match. (laughs) And the sad thing is, I know I would have loved this match if... It was a regular Fatal 4-Way and they didn't have to do the bullshit tags.
1: Maybe, yeah. I just thought this was absolute fantastic fun. Like, this is just ridiculous wrestling. And just, like, turned your brain off. Like, this... Okay, so, like, what I was saying earlier with matches not keeping my attention. This one, I was hooked the entire time. And it wasn't a short match. It was so much fun. I keep saying that, but it really was.
0: We then get another WCW.com interview with Booker T. We got three of these this time. Uh, This one... Chris Jericho interrupts him.
1: I think this is the segment where I realized that that ending was, like, really supposed to be botched of the Jericho... Yeah, um, screwy. It wouldn't, it, not well, botched, yes, screwy. Well,
0: I, I'd argue if you didn't think it was screwy, it was a little botched.
1: Okay, both. This, this is when I realized it was supposed to be screwy.
0: But uh, Booker T takes exception to Jericho's win and he says he kind of wants to fight Jericho. Jericho challenges him and calls him Mr. T, <laughs> which I laugh my ass off at because it, it is... You know, in a way, factually correct, but that's obviously not what Jericho. Yeah, was going I'm for. assuming
1: he's going for like you know the
0: WrestleMania one star, yeah, B- Mr. What T. Is, what
1: is Mr. T? Is he an actor? Is he a rapper?
0: Actor. He actor. Main thing I think he was known for was the A Team. Also, uh star of Rocky Three. He plays the villain in that. Really? Yep. And uh do you know who makes an appearance in the first like ten minutes of Rocky Three? I know you've not seen the movie. No. Hulk Hogan.
1: Uh, I'm never going to watch no, the that movie. <laughs> that's
0: actually what largely sparked his big push. Really? Yeah. Because you, you got a lot of interest based well, on that. I
1: hate Rocky
0: Three. He played Thunderlips, <laughs> which is a great name. Oh, I think we, I don't know if we actually said it or not, but Booker agrees and they will have a match on Nitro. I'm looking forward to
1: that. That'll be fun, yeah.
0: Jericho and Booker T, I'm like, yeah, I...
1: They're not bad wrestlers.
0: No, they're both quite yeah. good. I'm just trying to think of any time we would have seen that in WWF. Probably happened once or twice, but... I don't know. Jesus, we only have two matches left.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, we're really... (laughs) This is the point where I did note that we've made it so far into this pay-per-view without hearing the NWO theme.
0: Yes, and then we heard it.
1: Exactly, yeah. I was like, oh, it's been so wonderful not seeing Hulk Hogan, not seeing Kevin Nash, not seeing Scott Hall. We haven't seen anybody. Did
0: we not hear it for Luger?
1: I don't think of him as, like, the the pains in the asses of NWO. Like, I think of those three as people that I do not want to see on my television screen. Fair. But I haven't seen them, and it's great.
0: Yes, because we have Kurt Hennig and Barry Windham versus Rick and David Flair with Arn Anderson. Rick is sparkly as fuck. I
1: know. So I was a little mad because Rick Flair comes out hella sparkly, dressed to the nines, and then David Flair comes out in like generic kind of trunks and shoes and socks and no, it's, sold it's, it's, it's out. All, it's merch. not even
0: trunks; it's shorts.
1: Oh, is he in shorts? Yeah. Very like he's rocking Stephanie...
0: those those uh, Goldberg twenty twenty one shorts.
1: <laughs> he's looking very Stephanie McMahon when she's like being just forced into starting to wrestle in like 2001, two thousand two thousand one. Yeah. Like yeah, she's just in like rocking- a t shirt and yeah. pants and like nothing. But like when David Flair comes out with Rick and he he's literally just in sold out merch and Rick Flair's in the no, no, he's, he's, sparkling. He's, no, he's rocking a four horseman shirt, we said. Oh, but still, he's in merch. And like I know that Rick Flair has a robe that he could have given to David. Like it's your son. Don't make him look this embarrassing. Nah, you
0: gotta you gotta earn the robe. He's his son. <laughs> he doesn't even give it Arn a robe. Arn gets a robe first.
1: <laughs> it's his blood. I would have given him a robe.
0: So Rick brings a chair into the ring before the bell even rings. Yes. Do a promo. that doesn't really go anywhere, but uh, Rick finishes his and Hennig wants the mic. So Rick tosses it to him and Hennig makes a fucking glorious catch on oh that mic. Oh my
1: God. His spidey senses were tingling. Like it was perfect.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that Mr. Perfect training came in. Uh. We were talking earlier about uh, entrance videos. Mr. Perfect's entrance was just him doing athletic tasks. Oh, was it? I didn't yeah. even see. Well, not here. I'm saying in WWF. Oh. Here remember. it was probably just him looking Panning somewhere. Handing shots of his eyes. Yeah. We both booed when uh, Rick wanted the mic back. And he just handed it to the ref. Yeah, handed the threw it, it back.
1: Like, lame.
0: We did mark time to Blade, but Ric Flair does not Blade in this match, so unfortunately.
1: There was a moment where I thought that he oh, was going yeah. to. And it was, like, right at my time that I had predicted I was so mad.
0: Yeah, he got hit in the head and then he, he, he did it. He went the...
1: face down on the mat outside the ring. I was like, that's it, that's it, that's it. He's doing it like right as, my time to Blade was 5.20. So I was like right at 5.17. He started mm. to do that. I was like, oh my God, it's going to happen. I'm going to win perfectly. And then he comes up and he's clean.
0: Like, no, oh Henigly, It's it's trademarked. You can't say perfectly.
1: I'm leaving.
0: Yeah, my time was 6.03. So we were around <laughs> the same time. <laughs> we
1: were so close. But it doesn't even happen at all, period.
0: Yeah. Uh, Wyndham wants David Flair to start. We noted David Flair's face and um I think we deemed that it's some sort of skin he has, condition. Like, he
1: must have a condition, yeah.
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure at first if they were trying to put over something that almost happened on Thunder because I peeked at Thunder to make sure we weren't going to miss anything and it goes off the air with like one of the two holding David Flair and the other one winding up for a chair shot <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my god, they're going to murder him and it's just like, where are time Up, <laughs> And I'm it. like,
1: so you thought that the coloring on his on his cheek was like supposed to be a bruise from the the chair that almost got swung at him?
0: Yeah, potentially. I mean, he didn't he didn't do a ton, so it might not have like leaked.
1: <laughs> no, I don't want to assume what kind of like condition he has on his cheeks, but like it was very red, you know. Probably like rosacea or eczema or something like that. It didn't it didn't hinder his ability to be a bad wrestler jeez i'm sorry that's all i'll say i'm no, it's
0: not. i'm not gonna talk about his condition but i'm going to i am going to dunk on him <laughs> david flair is getting the like celebrity expectation treatment mm-hmm. of like oh my god he fucking he took three steps he didn't trip
1: look at him oh my god what a wrestler
0: and he does some stuff nothing of note
1: yeah He does, like, two minutes of, like, okay offense, like, he he hits some moves, and it's fine. It's very, like, fine.
0: Flair then tags in, and they make him look unstoppable. I laughed a lot harder than you did, but when it's Hennig and Rick in the ring, Hennig chops David Flair off the apron, and David just vanishes.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, he just, like, hits him so hard that, like, falls, but didn't he, like, fall off the top rope and just, like go into oblivion.
0: I mean, he was just standing on the apron. He was on the top rope, but just like, he just falls off the apron onto the floor and just like, because of the camera angle, you don't see him land. He's just like, oh God, he got banished.
1: (laughs) He went into the veil in the Department of Mysteries. He's gone.
0: But then I was disappointed because he's that like, back on the apron immediately. And I'm like, no, come on, sell that. (laughs) But I don't think he understands how selling works really either.
1: There was one thing that I really did hate before the, the trap into the void. When, David and Rick are in the ring together, Rick is just, like, doing air thrusts and, like, a lot of pelvic motion. Yeah. And I'm like, if I was David and my father was next to me doing these kinds of, like, thrusts, I don't care who my father is. That's embarrassing as hell. I I would have just, I would have wanted to go into that oblivion. I'm like, that's disgusting. Now,
0: would you rather have that or what they're doing on 2021 television of, oh. like, Rick's totally banging Lacey Evans?
1: <laughs> Neither, please.
0: Flair goes up to the top rope. Oh, by the way, when I say Flair for this whole segment, I'm talking Rick. Rick. Yeah. yeah. Flair goes up to the top rope, but uh, shocker, it gets countered. <laughs> Wyndham hits a super flex, but Flair kicks out. And uh, I think this is where Rick goes into fucking overdrive with his chops, like mm. Jesus. And I think this is also where I noted we haven't had any real issues with the should have been DQs.
1: Yeah, we don't have a bad call of the night.
0: But the the bad call is on having that match not be a fatal four way. Okay, that's 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 our thing. There shouldn't Let have been tags. Go. Hennig locks in a figure four after Rick does a flare flop, which you were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. The two work over flares, commentary ponders if Rick will even like, want to tag in David again.
1: Yeah, at this point, it turns into a handicap match, not a tag match.
0: To which I kind of asked the question of, Rick originally booked this to be a two-on-one handicap match. Then David wanted to be his partner. Yeah. The entire point of this match is for you to have the ability to fuck up Barry Windham and Kurt Hennig. Yeah. You kind of don't even care about winning. You just want to fuck them up.
1: Yeah.
0: Why is this not a three-on-two match with Arn Anderson on Rick's team?
1: Well, I mean, Arn kind of comes in.
0: Yes, but I'm saying as far as actually being legal in the match, like, hey, now you have somebody who you can tag who you trust. Like I don't know. Also, why didn't you originally book this as just you and Arn versus Wyndham and Hennig?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question because that w- Arn would have been a much better contender than David. But I guess that they're trying to like push David as a wrestler because yeah. of all the, the and, Eric Bischoff stuff. But and
0: Arn is very much winding up his days of wrestling. I know he's not totally done, but he's pretty much done.
1: Yeah. I did note also that while David's on the the ropes, like. Um, like let's just say that Flair and Kurt Henning are in the in the ring brawling. Barry Windham is still like coming in and interfering. David is just standing there and doing nothing. Like, dude, you can you can do what he's doing. You can also interfere a little.
0: Yeah, there's there's a like I think it's during the figure four where like David's like leaning into into the ring. Like, do I need to break it up? Tri- tr- tri-
1: he doesn't know what to do. No, he's like he, such he's, a child. He's with deer it. in the
0: headlights for yeah. a lot of this. Arn manages to fight off Hennig as David distracts the ref and Rick locks in a figure four. Hennig finally like walks past David to break that up. The two go for a double suplex on Rick, but David managed to hit Hennig with with a low blow which was actually carefully done because the ref like at that time was like going around to I don't know eye something up on the other side and David just kind of hit the low blow so quick, just a little sack tap kind of thing. <laughs>
1: sacked. I'm like, but yeah, oh, it was... It worked. It, it could have been played off as the ref did not see it.
0: I think there's also some legal man syndrome in this because I don't remember David tagging in because Hennig kind of wobbles there after getting low-bowed for a bit and then brings David into the ring and tries to hit a perfect plex, or I guess a Hennig plex in the situation. And the ref is distracted with Rick and Barry Windham. And Arn comes in and hits him with a tire iron and knocks him out and David just kind of falls on top of him and gets the pin, gets the
1: pin yeah.
0: <laughs> although another one of those where Barry Wyndham sees this happening and he's like no I'm gonna go out- I'm gonna go to the outside to beat up Rick.
1: yeah I don't know what their thought process there was but I do have a question so when Aaron Anderson comes in with the tire iron I couldn't I could have sworn that I heard commentary call it a tire iron. Which could just be an accent, because like I think it's the accent in Baltimore. We call it a tire iron, but like, there are no Rs. But <laughs> but I, it, why isn't it called a tire iron? Because like, come on, <laughs> I found that a lot funnier than you did. But. Yeah.
0: So David wins in thirteen fifty six, and as soon as they get the win, the NWO are suddenly like fucking like like at ringside.
1: Yeah, they just appear. I didn't even, like, see them come down. Like, they just kind of, like, came out from under the ring, it seemed like.
0: Yeah, they beat down the faces. Benoit comes down to help. And this is where David really shows how green he is. Because he literally is just <laughs> standing around. And it's not like he looks, I mean, he looks shoot-petrified. But, like, the people were just, like, circling him. And he's just not moving.
1: He obviously has a spot. And he doesn't know what to do until then.
0: Yes, that's most of the beat team, and then the NW Elite come down, and David is still just standing around. I did kind of take note of, um, yeah, Mongo didn't come out, but he's not here, and I'm guessing Malenko is actually a little bit hurt. Okay. Remember, we saw him on uh, Crutches a couple weeks ago.
1: Oh, yeah, because he, like, hurt his foot. And, like, yeah, we never
0: really got an update on that, but mm-hmm. I'm guessing he's actually hurt.
1: But, like, Crispin was the only one to come down. Like, this is just sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, nobody else So his whole segment comes out, which is no. important to note.
1: Yeah, like, Booker T doesn't come down. Um, I don't even know who else would have come down, but, like... DDP. DDP. Nobody came.
0: Yeah, so David just kind of stands around doing nothing, even while, like, Hogan is choking his father. And then they handcuff Rick, too.
1: Yeah, they handcuff Rick to the rope, the yeah. bottom rope.
0: David finally does something, but he gets overwhelmed. Hogan whips him with the belt as they make Rick watch. They spray EZE e on David's back. And I know I'm breezing through this, but holy fuck, does this go on for... It goes
1: so long. And the I should have time... timed it, because it feels. Yeah.
0: honestly, it feels like 20 minutes. I'm guessing it's more than 10.
1: And I feel like the whole time this is happening, the audience is chanting, we want Sting.
0: Yeah, we want Sting... And I actually think they tried to bring the audio down a a little bit. Yeah. Because it starts real strong and then after one it just, like, drops off pretty quick.
1: I mean, that tells you how the audience feels about this because it's just like, fuck them.
0: Liz suddenly shows up and this just keeps going on and on. I'm like, where is anybody? Like, it'd be different if, like, people were coming down and, like, you know, just getting overwhelmed by the numbers. But Mm -hmm. no one even tries to help.
1: So it was just another NWO beatdown, which you know how much I love those.
0: I did laugh at Hogan talking to the camera and the mic picking him up. I'm going to run this country with an iron hand. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but that's, uh, that's not the expression.
1: There was another point where um, the camera like goes back to uh, Ric Flair and he says like, I'm going to fucking kill you <laughs> like when they're beating up David.
0: Yeah. I don't think you're supposed to pick up that one. Oh, no, but it was funny. I noted. I'm like, so I'm pretty certain that uh, Rick Flair versus Hulk Hogan is going to be confirmed for Super Bowl, and it's still going. They just keep it just whipping keeps up. Going. And then my last note of the segment is: Wait, why did Liz come out?
1: She was just there.
0: Yeah, Liz comes down, and then she does about doesn't as much do anything as,
1: this as David does.
0: David gets whipped. I'll give Fair. To, listen. I'll give David credit at the end because david gets fucking whipped a bunch
1: so this is the point that like we have one match left at this point so and like this is going long we're trying to figure out like why this is going so long so we check the time the time card there is one match left it's a goldberg match and there are 27 minutes left on the time well i
0: think even before this match we looked like there's like an hour left and i'm like yeah i'm like There's got to be an angle or something in between or another unannounced match. But
1: yeah, because like a Goldberg match goes 10 minutes, maybe they have 27 minutes. And like, I think that's why I was like, oh, that's why they're stretching this NWO angle. Like, obviously they're trying to fill time.
0: All right. Before we move on, thoughts on the match, thoughts on the beatdown.
1: Um, Match I loved. I thought the match was really good. Really? Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this match. Aside from the Davis stuff, the Davis stuff was just kind of funny to watch, but the beatdown I thought was it really brought it down. No, the, oh, yeah. the match, great. The beatdown, great. Awful. I'm
0: kind of surprised.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was fairly good. I mean i I feel like I kind of got the same experience on Nitro with Flair and Headache.
1: I mean, yeah, but Flair and Headache can't put on a bad match.
0: Yeah, and well, I kind of wanted to see them listen if you like this whole match is centered around having David Flair involved. He didn't really do anything
1: no, the addition of David Flair really was unnecessary
0: and and then also I just think I'm like, yeah, what if it had been Hennig and Wyndham against Flair and Arn and I'm like, oh God, give me that match, give me Flair and Arn we all the I don't, know. I don't
1: I don't think that David added to the quality of the match but he did add to the enter- entertainment of the match.
0: <clears throat> well, then, yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> Those are different things. Yeah. Yeah, and the post-match beatdown just went on Ruined for it. so fucking long. Ruined it. Like, they could have just sprayed them and that would have been it. But. If the
1: segment ended with Hogan just spraying EZE on David, I'd be like, fine. Cut to commercial, whatever. Great. I realize it's a pay per view. There are no commercials. There's video
0: packages because they could yeah. cut them one next.
1: That would have been fine. I would have been fine with that. I still would have been like, ah, NWO shakes fist at Sky. But <laughs> it, it would have been better.
0: No, that went on for so fucking long and it almost. Went on for so long that it makes the main event weird.
1: Yeah, I almost feel like this should have been the main event. Uh, like, with an ending with the you. Yeah, event?
0: I mean, uh, there's more argument because there's not... There's one title match on this, on this whole card. Yeah. Moving on, we get a video package for... Something. <laughs> I don't really know what it was supposed to be for. Yeah, I don't know Because it's basically about the post-finger poke attack. It does really seem to focus on Lex Luger for some reason. And I don't get it.
1: I don't. Oh, wait. Yes, I do. I was going to say, I don't remember this video package. I do. It's
0: the one set to wind. Yes.
1: Because, yeah, it was a lot of Lex Luger. Yeah, just like close ups
0: of like, oh, my God, the betrayal.
1: I don't understand why it was so Lex Luger. Or why
0: it was set to wind. (laughs) And that's just it. Because I'm like, oh.
1: Oh, and when you say wind, it's not a song. It is the sound of wind.
0: Well, I thought this was going to keep going. And I'm like, oh, like a pre-match, you know, video package. And it's like. It just cuts off on a close-up shot of Goldberg being like, yeah. "Ah!" <laughs> but uh, it's now main event time. There's a lot of time left, as previously mentioned. Twenty-seven. We'll see what Michael Buffer can fill. I remember I, I told you I was looking at WCW in like ninety four, ninety five, mm-hmm. and Buffer's fucking there. <laughs> I'm like this man
1: got so much money from WCW. This man alone might be why the co- the company failed because he was taking all of their money.
0: So the rules of this match, once again, the first person to actually use the stun gun slash taser on their opponent wins. We will probably be using the two.
1: I'm going to call it a taser because to me, this is a taser on a pole match. It has never been anything else. It's not a ladder match. There is a ladder involved, but it's a taser on a pole match.
0: I think I keep changing what I call it in my notes. So (laughs) we'll see. But uh, Michael Buffer's announcement as he's doing it, you can almost hear him realize how dumb the stipulation is as he's reading it like his inflection changes. like oh um first person to use the stun stick wins
1: <laughs> even michael buffer's like why am i here what is this it's
0: but then he's like oh yeah fuck you pay me <laughs> so hall comes out with the stun gun can we acknowledge that 90 percent of the people in the crowd who are still wearing nwo shirts are exactly who you'd expect.
1: Yeah.
0: Every one of these people were definitely using slurs on Xbox Live yes. during the like early 2000s. I say that
1: they were like racist white idiots, but like. Well, listen. That's the vibe.
0: Listen, as somebody who played a lot of Xbox Live, I really hope not everybody who was using these really believed that in their hearts. I just want to believe that for society. I don't know <laughs> if it's true, but. Uh, yeah, you learn a lot of words playing Xbox Live at age 12.
1: Oh, God. Maybe that's why I wasn't allowed to have a video game console as a child.
0: Maybe. So, Hall grabs a mic and starts to cut a promo with his patented... Hey, yo. He says he has good news and bad news. The good news is everyone got to take a look at him and he's so handsome or something. He doesn't really actually directly say what the bad news because is. Because
1: that's also the bad news.
0: Yeah, yeah. The bad news is basically he's implying there's not going to be a match tonight because he claims that Goldberg wet his pants, slipped in it, and hurt his knee.
1: (laughs) I missed the wet his pants part. Yeah,
0: he's like, now I'm the man who ended Goldberg's career. Because he does acknowledge, he's like, he's basically taking credit as the one who ended Goldberg's streak.
1: Okay, well, first of all, he didn't end Goldberg's streak. Second of all... If he's gonna take credit for ending Goldberg's career and he's saying that like this falling and hurting his knee is what's putting him out of his out of his career, like what that's what's ending it, then Gol- him insinuating that Goldberg peed on the ground and slipped in it and fucked his knee up, that's not a win for Scott Hall.
0: Well, he said it's because Goldberg was so afraid of facing Scott Hall that he that peed he, his just, Yeah. However, oh, I go. did I did think the same thing about the No you didn't end the streak Kevin Nash did However At least someone's Fucking acknowledging it And using it for heel heat To where you know what I'm fine with it And actually It's probably good heel heat That you're like You weren't even the one In the match And you're like "Ah, I beat him Fuck him
1: True I guess yeah I'm not gonna give Scott Hall any credit though Because I hate that man
0: you know who also wasn't happy about this promo was Michael Buffer. He's like, we apologize for Mr. Hall's a false announcement.
1: Yeah, that's what got me. It wasn't mean Gene. It wasn't commentary. It was Michael Buffer. It was like, no.
0: Yeah, because Goldberg's theme hits and it's like,
1: oh, shit. That was funny.
0: This is where I noticed that uh, during the, I guess, last segment, the NWO had crossed out WCW on the logo in the ring and sprayed NWO like, over the logo, like like atop it. And I'm like, oh man, you guys are so fucking edgy.
1: (laughs) So now instead of it saying WCW slash NWO, it's an X'd out WCW slash X'd out NWO with a spray painted NWO over the X'd out WCW. Yeah. What?
0: (laughs) Goldberg also comes out with a rather large knee brace on. Mm -hmm. Even with that, he overpowers Hall for most of the start of this match, even though it's, real slow because he overpowers them and then hall just works over the knee and this match is pretty much exactly what you'd expect for a lot of it
1: yeah it's really nothing special to start
0: hall baseball slides the ladder into goldberg goldberg gets his head smashed into the stairs just like a regular you know like face smash Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he is like heavily bleeding
1: oh my god yeah it was like a
0: weird spot to pick to be your blade spot
1: for, like, a hot second, I was like, maybe he caught the stairs in a weird way and, like, actually cut himself. But there was so much blood that he obviously bladed.
0: Yeah. There's not a lot of exciting going on. Although, you can tell at points how light the ladder is.
1: Oh, my God. I just remembered the botched ladder falls. Oh, my God.
0: Because one of those moments is Goldberg tips the ladder with Hall on it. And Hall goes to, like, crotch himself on the ropes. Like, a spot you see a lot. Yeah. But he's too far, so he outstretches his leg, and his ankle clips the rope on the way down, and it, like, half, like, flips him. It's like, oh, Jesus!
1: Oh, God, it looks like it hurts so bad. I already have a problem with ladders. Like, I had a traumatizing experience with a ladder when I was 12, and I don't like regular ladder matches because I get scared of the fall off of a ladder. But, like, this one, like, really made it bad because there were, it was just, nothing on the ladder felt secure or safe or good
0: so Goldberg then goes to climb the ladder but Disco Inferno runs in and he seems to false start tipping the ladder Mm. because Goldberg jumps a hair too early and just catches his fucking face on the top rope like it it was two horrific spots back to back
1: oh my god it was so bad it was so bad like it hurt my soul to watch that because like I don't like Scott Hall but that looked like it hurt so fucking bad with his ankle and then I just don't like Disco Inferno. I just think he's an idiot.
0: When did this start?
1: I I just I just think that him trying to like be a thing with um
0: I think he's now in the Wolfpack. I guess
1: Wolfpack doesn't exist. Or now. the
0: NWO. It's all the...
1: is he? Because Conan deserves to be in the in the NWO more than Disco does. Anyway, Disco's just nor kind of I. a
0: hired goon at this point.
1: I just don't like Disco
0: Inferno. Like Conan still has it, like you know independence.
1: Yes, I want to see another Disco match. To, like, see him in like. Yeah, we haven't real... seen him wrestle yeah, in
0: fucking months. I
1: liked him as a wrestler. I think literally,
0: like, since that first...
1: Yeah, I <laughs> liked him in that first bin. Anyway, let's go back to the match.
0: So, Hall then climbs to the ladder and grabs the taser and goes to use it on Goldberg. But Goldberg kind of counters dodges a few times. The final of which is him, like, thrust kicking Hall and the taser goes to the outside. Goldberg goes to grab it on the outside and uses it on Disco. Back in the ring, he starts taunting Hall with it and then like tosses it in the air for Hall to Which catch, great. but then spears him before he can catch it and jackhammers him. The, I
1: loved that move. I, I forget. That was so sick. I forget
0: what name they give it in the movie Dodgeball, but that's one of the things where you like, where you like lob it up in the air. It actually is a dodgeball strategy oh, where really? you like lightly toss something in the air and then you peg another ball before they catch it.
1: Oh, I think it's sick. It was yeah. so cool when he did that. Like, I lost my mind.
0: I thought it was a little less cool because they were so close that it was just like a... Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah. Hits the jackhammer and then he grabs the taser. As he's setting up to use it, all of a sudden, production cuts to the stage. And you see like a split second of Bam Bam Bigelow running out. Goldberg then uses the taser on Hall and wins. But can't celebrate cause within like two seconds of him using it on Hall... Bam Bam Bigelow is suddenly attacking Goldberg.
1: So this led me to believe that Bam Bam Bigelow was supposed to interfere earlier and missed his spot.
0: I don't think so. Because
1: this doesn't make any sense. I mean,
0: I assume Goldberg's supposed to win.
1: I mean, yeah, I agree. But, like, like, to me it would make sense for Bam Bigelow to come down after Disco Inferno gets tased. Goldberg hits Bam Bam Bigelow with the taser to show, like, how powerful the taser is. It can take down somebody as big as Bam Bam Bigelow. Then go into the ring... Then do the, the like, fuck you, win.
0: I could see that. I have a different theory. Okay. And it ties into what kind of happens next. Because Bigelow and Goldberg then fight. And Hall manages to get up and grabs the taser and uses it on both of them. Then is, like, heading to the back very quickly as they go off the air. I think they ran out of time and they had to quickly send Bigelow to get this spot in. And it was real messy because of that. Maybe. I think there was supposed to be more time, like, what, Goldberg celebrates, Bigelow comes in and attacks him, and then Hall regroups and uses it on, on both of them, because Hall gets okay. tased, and within, like, six seconds is back up.
1: Yeah, which kind of undermines the power so of I, the taser. Yeah,
0: I think they ran out of time, Okay, and it was supposed to...
1: I thought the ending was just kind of an improvisation of, like, baby, was here now, Yeah, it was
0: messy looking, but um that's how they go off the air, and that is sold out in 1999. Overall thoughts on the pay-per-view?
1: Honestly, not bad. I didn't hate it.
0: It wasn't bad, but it was not good.
1: No, there were definitely some matches that could have been cut, did not need to happen. And all of those matches, every match could have been shaved down by like two or three minutes.
0: Yeah, sorry. Yeah. This one went seventeen forty seven,
1: Which was a long match. Yeah.
0: Longest Goldberg For match Goldberg, I think yeah. I can like, think of.
1: But overall, like, I didn't really hate anything. It was all f- fine.
0: I feel like I was I was uninterested through a lot of it. I wasn't say I wasn't bored. I didn't hate it, but I was just uninterested for a yeah. lot of it.
1: And like I've said, that there were a couple matches that I was super uninterested into. But the ones that I was interested in, I was into.
0: Yeah, and like the main event didn't need. I mean, again, didn't need to be as long as it was. Yeah, and everything just,
1: could have been shaved by two or three minutes. Yeah, and you,
0: and then you would have had time to do a better post match angle there. But Which,
1: it boggles my mind that they ran out of time. Because of the amount of time we had going into the segment. Yeah. How did we run out of time?
0: Yeah, the main event itself, fine, nothing yeah, special. I, I mean, either. I'd say a little disappointing, but, you know, again, it wasn't terrible. I think we both struggled a bit on Best Bit and uh, MVP.
1: I struggled at MVP. I was hoping something would come out while we were talking about it. Didn't. I have no idea who to put. Best Bit. Okay, well, my Best Bit's going to be the Conan quote. Because I love the Conan
0: <laughs> promo. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sure.
1: I love that. That's my best bit. Honorable mention. My match of the night was the four way. I love that.
0: But you loved the, the, the promo I loved, more.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually gave my best bit to the Conan Luger match. I was so pleasantly surprised really? at that I thought I was going to fucking hate it. And I was actually enjoyed it. And I went, you know what? I was surprised enough to where I gave it to him.
1: Okay. Take it. MVP. Still don't. Have. You pick. You say yours while I think about
0: it. I don't feel strongly about it, but I'm giving mine to Bobby Heenan. Bobby
1: Heenan.
0: I feel like I noticed commentary a little bit more in this, and Bobby Heenan was making me laugh a little bit throughout. So okay. he had some decent bits here and there, and like I was happy with when they were actually calling matches. And Bobby has good insight, and it seemed a little more motivated. I know he kind of hates the company at this point, but I thought yeah. he turned into a pretty good performance.
1: Okay that's fair like gut wants to say give it to arn anderson just for like being there for his boy just like coming to the defense of the flares but i would also give honorable mention to booker t because like he did that really i liked his wcw.com spot like for calling out jericho i like that
0: so your answer is arn arn okay yeah
1: i'll go to arn anderson
0: (laughs) (laughs) for the the, uh tire arn
1: tire arn (laughs) i stand by that that's what it should be called
0: so that was episode 11.
1: Yeah. We made it 11 episodes.
0: Up next, we have the build to Super Brawl. Yeah. I forget what number it is, but uh, it's the build to that. It's going to be in two parts. We will eventually return to weekly, but I think we want to just give it a little bit of a buffer. And also, we want to try to get to the next pay-per-view. As previously mentioned, the WWE Network was purchased by Peacock. And I don't know exactly when everything is going to go up on there. We still have the network for a little bit longer. So we're going to try to get as close to a pay-per-view week as we can before March 18th. That way we can actually squeeze a little extra time out of it. Yeah. I have a bonus episode or two kind of in my brain. We'll see how it goes. We're going to play it by ear.
1: We have a, a mini plan. But you know, yeah, we're, we're just kind of playing it because, like, there isn't. There is a chance that when everything goes over to Peacock, it'll be immediate. Yes, there is a chance that the entire network just. gets I kind of and assume
0: it's going to be that.
1: But we just don't know.
0: Yeah. In the meantime, you can follow us at Butts in the Pod. We live tweeted uh, the Royal Rumble 2021 and posted the drinking game for that. Yes. However, the drinking game is kind of useless now unless you want to go rewatch so fun. it. You can yeah. you can um, like a manipulate little,
1: it for like future stuff. A little, stuff. Uh,
0: a little too fun for somebody. Hey,
1: yeah, you say we live tweeted the rumble. We live tweeted the first half of the no. rumble. Did um, you take over?
0: We live. We tweeted through Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, which is the match before the men's one, and then we kind of died.
1: Okay. Well, I was dead.
0: <laughs> and you can follow us on Spotify uh, if you enjoy the podcast. Tell your friends about it. Tell somebody who enjoys wrestling or enjoys bad TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to grow a little bit more and more. And the more listeners we get, the more motivated, you know, we kind of feel to do these.
1: Yeah, it's not that we're not having fun, because we no. really are.
0: <laughs> we're, having, we're having fun doing these. I don't know how much fun we're having watching these.
1: <laughs> yeah. Watching the episodes is a bit of a struggle, but sitting down and talking about them is always a good time. Because I like yeah.
0: Gross. So until next time, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Butts in the Seats podcast.